Welcome to Equiosity, the podcast about all things equine with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of Clicker Training for Your Horse and other books and DVDs on clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. Last week, we began a visit with one of my Click the Teaches coaches, Mary Concannon. Mary was introducing us to her thoroughbred newbie. As you'll recall, he was originally bought for her daughter, but he became Mary's project soon after they bought him from the dealer. When they brought him home, newbie was underweight and covered with rain scald. So Mary spent the first few months she had him just getting to know him. She'd originally been told he hadn't been started, but once he was paid for and loaded onto the trailer, the dealer warned her that he was a bit ansty when you did up the girth. Mary found out what he meant by that the first time she put a saddle on him. Newbie bucked for almost an hour before she could get near enough to him to get the saddle off. After a couple of days of trying different ways of tightening a girth, she had a horse she couldn't get near out in the field. That's when she went looking for alternatives and found clicker training. We had just gotten to the point in her story where she was talking about the many injuries Nubia has had over the years. He certainly seems at times like one of those, if it weren't for bad luck, you'd have no luck horses. At one point, he managed to get his hind leg wrapped up in some wire. He was left with a nasty wound on the inside of his hock, which needed daily hosing. We'll pick up where we left off in the conversation. I was describing a video Mary showed me of the hosing procedure, and I had just asked her how she trained this behavior. So in the, the second time where he wrapped the wire around his leg, you uh, produced one of my favorite videos, and I think it's in the online course. So you're, you had to hose this horrible wound, and it was um, right across the inside of oh, his yes. hock, and that's a horrible place for a wound. And you have this video of newbie standing in front of the, the gate to his paddock, where you've got, he's on a mat, so there's drainage there. And you've uh, just turned on the hose and you're uh, pointing the hose sort of under his belly. And newbie bows down and targets the hose the way some people, when they teach a horse to bow, they'll, they'll use a carrot to lure the, the horse into the bow. And that's sort of what it looked like, except it wasn't a carrot. It was a hose. <laughs> and, exactly. and so as he's targeting this water that's coming out of the hose, then you clicked and, and he stood up. And while you're giving him his treat, the, the hose is, the water is, is on the wound on his hock. And then he bows again and um, you yes. are. And so how did you teach that? Well, it kind of really evolved. Um, he, he, I uh, produced the hose, obviously, going to water the hawk, and he just put his head down almost to look backwards. And I thought, oh, well, he's looking at what I'm doing. And I clicked it straight away. And, and very quickly, the behavior grew to, he's looking further, he's lo- and now he's actually bowing down so it be kind of 
it kind of was his own idea. I think initially he was just curious, what on earth are you doing back there, Mary? And, you know, why are you spraying me? And it developed into this really fun game that he would initiate and he would bow down, touch the hose and it almost gave me permission then to hose the sore yes. area. So, Alex, this is a nice example of um, that mantra. I, I don't know exactly how you say cues evolved out of the teaching process. That's that's a nice example. Yeah, it's a great example of that sort of what is, in a sense, opportunistic shaping. It's taking advantage of these pieces that the horses are offering and just letting it grow with the clicker. That's, that's the kind of thing that... I particularly love and it just makes you laugh when you Absolutely. see it evolving. So, so what's exactly the mantra? How do you say it exactly? The cues evolve out of the shaping process. Right. Yeah, it's a, yeah. And and in this case, it's not just cues that evolve out of the shaping process. It's the behavior. It's cues and behaviors evolve yeah. together out yeah. of the shaping process. And mm-hmm. what I really liked about it, of course, was that it was his whole own idea. You know, yes. he initiated it, really. And, yeah, it followed on from there. So he enjoyed it, even though clearly hosing the wound would not have been a very comfortable thing. But he enjoyed the game and he was happy enough to initiate it and allow me to get on with the hosing, which was wonderful. Isn't it extraordinary to be able to say something like this? It was his own idea. Yes. To see a behavior that we love and to say that it was the animal's own idea. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Completely. You know, in in other circles, whatever ideas the animals have might actually be something bad. But we think it's great yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that animals can have their own ideas and we can enjoy it with them. Absolutely. And often they are much more creative than we ever would be. I remember when I was, uh, when Robin was, was very little, I was going to take him to be my demo horse at the Equine Affair. And I wanted to show people what free shaping looks like. So I wanted something that I hadn't taught Robin that where they could see the actual evolution and development of a behavior. And it was sort of, well, what, what can I do? What can I use? And the easiest way to have uh, something that, that a behavior that emerges is to use a prop. So I thought, well, I'll take a hula hoop with me because I hadn't really done very much with the hula hoops. And what I'd seen horses do with hula hoops is pick them up and you can get them to toss them over their their own heads. And it's a cute trick. Um, And Robin was very good at retrieving. So I thought that's what what I would shape is Robin picking up the hula hoop and flipping it over his head. So we're in the, the demo and I'm explaining to the audience what's go, what free shaping is and what we're going to do. And I tossed the hula hoop down on the ground and Robin walked over and put his front feet in the hula hoop and reached down, picked up the hula hoop, and then started leading himself forward step by step <laughs> by step by 
pulling on the hula hoop. It would never have occurred to me to shake that. His idea was so much more fun than anything that my sort of limited imagination had come up with. And that, again, is what I so love about clicker training, that you just, you, you involve them as partners and you let them show you just how smart they are. And, and, and then you stand back and you laugh with them. How many times did I hear you say when we, when you were um, uh, working with me on the Cavalia retired, uh, retirees project, every month you would come up and I heard you say so many times when I would go to see, you know, the status of the, right. the training, you would say, look at what popped out today. Yes. Yes. You would say that a yes. lot. That's <laughs> right. Because that was the whole point is, is you build a repertoire, you give them a repertoire yep. to work with, and then you... You know, I remember you said that one day I came in and you were doing Spanish Walk with Bonanza, and you said, it just popped out to this yes. morning. <laughs> but you had been working a lot with him on Piafé and on all kinds of, you know, uh, mobilization of uh, all his, his, um, his members, and one day... Spanish popped out. popped out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's fantastic. But I do think also that what clicker training gives the horses is the absolute confidence to try things that are different, mm. knowing that even if we don't like it, I don't know that they have that concept, but knowing that there will be no negative consequences right, of right. anything they do and yeah. that the chances are very large that in fact there'll be a positive consequence yeah yeah and i absolutely. think absolutely it gives them that freedom to experiment that's why the beginning steps uh where we set the the clicker training up and and the way that that i really like to do it is with that protective contact the the, the stall guard or the over a paddock fence in some way so the horse is loose in his own space and is free to leave or to come nice. and interact. It's like the, the horse that I described at the start of this conversation, Tuxedo. He was in a small pen. He could leave or he could come up to the front of the pen and interact. And it gives them choice. It gives them the freedom to experiment. And because there is that barrier... I don't have to correct him if he's crowding into my space. I can just step back out of the way. And what's so important is that they discover that it is safe to experiment. If the handler has the notion that horses can have good ideas too, it's also something that can open possibilities. Yes. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. Definitely, they will try things because they know they won't be punished. But if we think that they can have, they can come up with a better plan today and we can invent new things together. Right. You know, behaviors that, or chains of behaviors that um, hadn't occurred to you, but that the horse is offering, just like newbie who was bowing at the host. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. Yes. You never would have gone to the barn thinking, you know, that while you were doing <laughs> his care for his wound, that you would you would teach him to bow at the hose. 
No, absolutely not. No, it certainly wasn't on my mind. It was not your plan that morning. No, definitely not. Yes, I'm going to get I'm going to have him target the the hose under his belly so that I can I can hose his hawk. It would not have occurred to me, that's for sure. And yet here we are years later talking about his wonderful idea. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it was completely his idea. And that's the joy of it. That's what I always say about uh, Panda Catch, that game that she plays where she runs madly back and forth from one person to the other, that that if you asked Panda, if you could ask her, she would say that she invented the game. And in a very real sense that she did. And, right. and she loves her game in part because yeah. it was yeah. her idea. It wasn't something that was imposed on her. It was something that evolved very much out of her repertoire and things that she enjoyed doing. And that's the, the do they call it, the generative theory of, of creativity, that if you have a limited repertoire, say you, you, you know behavior A and behavior B, and that's about all that you have, you can do A and you can do B and you can do A and B together, right. but that's your repertoire. But then if you introduce a new behavior, behavior C, then that opens up more possibilities because now you can begin to combine A and C together or B and C together or A and B and C together and come up with something that looks very different and very new, but it's coming out of that repertoire of behaviors that you had presented. If I had not taught Robin how to retrieve, he wouldn't have reached down to pick up the, the hula hoop. No. Um, <laughs> if, if Newbie hadn't done any targeting, then he wouldn't have been targeting the hose. No. So it's giving them a broad repertoire makes a huge difference, but then also having this freedom to recognize that the horses can co-create with us, that we don't have to go out there with this set idea of what this horse must do today, that we can go out there and have a conversation. Yes. And the more I've worked with horses down through the years, the more I've seen these conversations emerge even very, very early on in the work with it. I have done some uh, work in a rescue centre in Scotland, quite a bit of work. And the staff there worked with me and they loved doing the clicker training with the animals. And there was one particular donkey who really started a conversation very early on in his training. This animal couldn't be handled at all not even you couldn't even get near him initially and so we developed a method whereby when he looked at us we would pop food into a round scoop so he didn't have to have any contact with the human and that would pop in under he wasn't prepared to come to a bucket but somehow the shallow scoop, he would take the food from that. So just looking would get the scoop uh, with the nut in it, would get his click and a treat and he'd get the nut. And we did a couple of really short sessions of that. And then his normal handler, 
got in with him when he developed a little bit more confidence and we were able to use the back of the scoop as a target so we would he would hold out the target and if the donkey oriented towards the back of the scoop we would click straight away and feed him his treat in the scoop well very quickly we recognized that he would while he was eating and thinking turn his head completely away from the handler and when he was ready for the next round he'd bring his head forward again and at that point if the target was presented he would come straight for it wow but if we didn't wait until he said i'm ready now we could hold out the target forever and he wouldn't look at it he would still keep his head away so mm, start button before they were even a thing absolutely absolutely <laughs> he it just fascinated me how very quickly this became a conversation you know it became so his handler would wait patiently and it was almost you know whenever you're ready now and the little this little donkey would look away and then he'd bring his head back and immediately his handler would present the target and click and treat and it was so clear that they were having just this lovely conversation i'm ready now it's a great example of the way in which cues become totally a two-way conversation so yes his head going straight is cueing the human absolutely and and that's such a uh that's a huge shift from the command-based training mindset where the the commands the signals the i'm going to tell you what to do next come from the human but never back from the horse that we give we tell you what to do you respond we will reinforce it we will we will provide the consequence if you do what we want the consequences will be things that you like if you don't do what we like the consequences will be uh, more unpleasant right but in cue-based training it's absolutely a two-way conversation so the behaviors that i present as a person are cues for my animal to respond but the response that my animal gives me cues me and and it's a recognition that i'm being cued and and this recognition of the conversation i think is such an important mindset to recognize yeah and as part of that mindset the horses should even participate in what the agenda of the day is going to be you know you Alex, you always say horses will tell you what they need to work on. Yes. And it's so true. You know, you go to the barn one day thinking, I'm going to do this and that and that. And then you're not even halfway through the first step and things are, you don't have clean loops. And so you realize that, oh no, I'm not going to do step one, two, three. I'm going to do something completely different because this is what the horse tells me he needs to work on. Yep today absolutely so they they should participate even in what the agenda is so newbie newbie gave us a, a good example of that because through all of the 
physical things that he had. So we just got to number three. Then there was number four. That's right. <laughs> and for number four, about oh, three weeks before Alex was due, Yubi went lame. <laughs> and I did the usual, give him 24 hours, let him rest and check him again. And he was still lame. So I said, OK, Alex is due. I would normally call the vet this early because there was no heat. There was nothing obvious. There was no cut. There, I couldn't see a thing, having looked very carefully all over my horse <laughs> and no sarcoids. And so I called the vet and I said, please come look at my horse. Uh, he's lame. And he looked at him and he said, yeah, he might have a problem in his front left shoulder. He might just need a bit of physiotherapy and there's a horse physiotherapist coming to such a place on such a day. Why don't you load him up, bring him up there, which I duly did. And the physiotherapist who's one of these people who's supposed to be amazing and has been amazing for many horses on many occasions, looked at him and said, yeah, it's definitely his left hind. <laughs> and and, and uh, but I'm not really finding anything very clear. So, OK, so I'm there now with two completely different answers. And he said, you know what you really should do is go and get some x-rays and you need to go to this particular vet who has all the equipment. So I load them up again, make a booking with this vet and bring them along. And he says to me, well, I actually my equipment's down. I can't do it today, but let me just have a look at him. Take him in there and let's see him move in a circle. Yeah, it's his right four. <laughs> I'm there thinking three legs are now lame. <laughs> and I said, OK, uh, nobody had a concrete idea of whether it was a shoulder, whether it was a foot, whether it was. So basically the equipment wasn't working and I brought him back, put him in the field and said, Do you know what, we'll we'll see how he goes. And he still had this vague lameness when Alex came. So I didn't actually get to use him in the clinic. However, we did go up and have a really, really, really nice session with him. Yes. Which turned into an amazing four second video clip. And I will let Alex tell you more about that. It, it is, I think, my favorite video clip that I used in teaching. And I have probably shown it more than any other video clip. And I use it to help people develop an, an eye for detail. And it is simply, I'm, I, we're trying to do a, a lameness evaluation of newbie and to watch him go. And so we've done the usual walk away from me, walk towards me. And I was now standing up on a box directly behind newbie. So he's right in front of me. And Mary, you were on his right shoulder and you mm -hmm. slid down the lead and asked him for a simple give of the jaw. Right. 
and he gave very nicely to the right. And we, um, in this, it's a six second clip actually, oh. <laughs> in this six seconds of sliding down, asking for the give, uh, he's releases and then you click and give him a treat. When you slow it down into slow motion and you focus on, first you focus up at the pole and look at uh, what is it that you see as he is reorganizing his body and giving softly to the right. And then uh, I rewind it and we look again in slow motion at what he's doing um, when you're focused, your focus is directed to his withers and then to his hind end. And the detail, the amount of movement and changes that you see occurring in these couple of seconds is so much fun. And of course, this is the raw material that we have for shaping. All of these tiny little shifts and gives and, oh, now he's leaning. There's, uh, he, uh, when he was, uh, when you first slide down the line and he, instead of lifting and softening, he leans down and around and he's leaning so much through his right shoulder that you actually have to take a step back right. in order to accommodate this lean before he reorganizes and picks himself up and finds that up and around that creates the, the give. It was, it's a phenomenal uh, teaching tool, that video clip. We didn't figure out where, what the lameness was. No, we never did. So my fourth expert was no help either. No, in the not at all. And, uh, and he just got a nice rest in the field for several weeks. And then I would go up and talk to him very, very regularly. And then one day I took him into the yard as I had done many another day. And lo and behold, he was perfectly sound. So it's just one of these great mysteries. But uh, it ended well. Yes. So. Well, he knew I was coming, so he had to come up with something. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and then we had the clinic where he was, because he'd had so much handling for uh, things that bothered him, he had become uh, a body, he had become grumpy at um, physical yes. contact. Yes. And so he's, he was doing the work well, you know, in terms of he would go from mat to mat. He would do lovely lateral work, but always with a ears back grumpy expression. And when you petted him, when you stroked him, when you groomed him, it was with a really grumpy expression. Yeah. And that was such a fun, that was a fascinating session because... Oh no, there's the music. If you're one of those people who has a grumpy horse, I can hear you howling. You're not going to make me wait a whole week to find out what you did. But yes, we are. This is a good stopping point. So we'll pick up again with Newbie's story in our next podcast. Before we close for the week, I want to let people know that I've posted my event schedule for 2019. You can go to my website, theclickercenter.com, to find the full schedule. I'm going to be giving several new presentations at the Clicker Expo, as well as a new one for the Art and Science of Animal Training Conference. That's the one that Dr. Jesus Rosales Ruiz and Mary Hunter organize. 
I also have my clinic schedule posted. I'll mention just a couple of the events here. We did the recent series of podcasts with Cindy Martin. I'll be returning to her farm for two clinics, one in the spring and the other in the fall. And in June, Mary will be joining me for three events in the UK. So do check those out. And I have a very exciting summer event planned with Jesus. It's uh, being organized by Michaela Hempen. And you met Michaela the end of the summer in uh, the podcast that we did on single subject design and cribbing. We're going to have a summer science camp in Italy. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So do check that one out. We've got lots of fun things planned for 2019. And you can see the full schedule at theclickercenter.com. Just look in the events section in the menu. So that's it for this week. And we'll pick up again with Newbie Story next week. And until then, have fun with your training. And happy holidays, everyone. <laughs>